We're live. We are live. All right. Hey, we're live. We are live. Okay, so uh, for those of you just tuning in, my name is John Taylor, uh, a.k.a. The Herb Father, owner and uh, operator of uh, Reptile Apartment, Living Room, uh, Herb House Mag. There's a bunch of reptile stuff involved. My co-host is uh, James Tinnell of Tremendous Tricolors. He's the guy over there with the colorful banner in the back. He produces some really cool snakes. Uh, actually wrote a book you may have heard of. What was that name? What was that book again, James? The Guide to Honduran Milk Snakes. That's the one. There we go. See, there's James over there. He's the, he's the uh, I don't know if he's good looking. No, there's the good looking guy. That's Brandon. Uh, Brandon is our guest tonight. Uh, so, James, tell us what we're doing here. All right. Well, first up, we're going to go over some good herp news that's been going on. We got a few things that came across my my uh, feeds today. And uh, first off, let's go to Peta vows to attend Groupon annual meeting. <laughs> wow, can you believe that? Let's see. These guys go in there. They purchase stock of these companies. They purchase stock of the companies so they can help run the companies thinking that they're unethical treatment of animals. Unbelievable what these people over at PETA or PETA or P-E-T-A want to do. Doesn't that stand for people eating tasty animals? That's what Absolutely. I thought it stood for. But this news story, see you later. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You're out of here. You're straight to the garbage can. All right, we got a couple other ones. Let's talk about... Um, Citizen scientists. Citizen oh, okay. scientists in Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania is trying to get some people out there to start studying and helping them out with some studies. So anybody living in Pennsylvania, go ahead and look at the link in the comments section. I'll have it posted on the YouTube video and I'll also have it posted on the event page. Um, check it out. Maybe you can help them out. Yeah, I think uh, some of our colleagues are out in Pennsylvania. Uh, J.D. Hartzell, I think, is out in Pennsylvania, and there's a couple other people we know, too, that might be interested in that. That's right. We got J.D. and um, from Herpentime Radio. Right, right. Herpentime, yeah. Uh, every Wednesday night at 6 Eastern? Something like that. I believe so. All right. So then we got, um, let's see, Prisoners Work to Save Endangered Turtles out of Washington State. I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Taking prisoners and helping out and breeding endangered turtles. And let's see, what did they say here? They did spider frogs, and they were releasing them back in the wild. That was a previous project. Mm -hmm. um, pretty cool that they're actually getting um, all that together. It, it was a pretty interesting story. Kind of something positive for the hobby. We've been so bombarded with uh, negative news lately. And uh, we need we need some of this positive stuff going on. Whole reason why we have Brandon Fowler here from uh, Roaming Reptiles. <laughs> All right, one other one, John. You want to cover this one? This one's kind of my favorite, actually. It's uh, I I really enjoy some of the inverts out there. Um, this one is actually uh, pretty much secret. Well, not secret anymore, obviously. Uh, they call it Ball's Pyramid. It's an island, uh, an old volcano, arrived on Earth about 7 million years ago, named after some British naval officer. Don't know anything about the gentleman. I'm sure he was a great guy. 
Long story short, they found this six-legged phasmid or sick insect, which was thought to have gone extinct because of invasive rats. Uh, once again, there's more to the story, but you're going to have to check the links in the show notes, on the event page, and all that kind of stuff. The last time it was actually seen was over 80 years ago. Yeah, very true. 80 years. Nickname for, <laughs> nickname for it? Land Lobster. They're pretty cool looking. They are. They're, they are huge. <laughs> the zoo over there, they actually were able to collect a breeding pair, and they've hatched out 9,000 so far, wow. and they actually have sent them off to other zoos. And uh, they got a pretty big breeding colony. I guess they're hoping to release them back into the wild as soon as the rats are gone. And one of the cool things about that uh, that news story is there's actually a video of one of them hatching out. It's it's actually it's really incredible video. Kudos to those guys for doing that. Yep, that was a pretty that, that was a good story. Could you imagine if uh, we start to find maybe a T Rex? <laughs> Maybe, maybe someplace in the Amazon we'll start finding some ancient dinosaurs that have never been seen before. I can use some of my show. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's already recruiting animals for the show, damn it. <laughs> All right. All right. I, got, um, I just got a few things that I want to touch on. Um, a, lot of, a lot of my friends, they're herpers, West Texas herpers. Um, Coming up May 30th through June 1st, you got Snake Days. Um, Dr. Gr Harry Green is going to be there doing a lecture. If you guys can make it out there, go out there and support this cause. It's a great three-day weekend. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to make it out there. Um, I did design their shirts last year. That's, that's what I designed last year. Very cool. So they got some shirts for sale. Um, I don't know if they're all sold out. Last time I heard, they had a few left. It's a great um, way to support uh, some of our West Texas guys out there. So, uh, Anyone who's not aware, uh, Dr. Harry Green is an amazing speaker, amazing herpetologist, and he's doing a talk on one of my favorite topics, which is, of course, the rattlesnakes, crotalid species, um, talking about after... Uh, clobber, which if you're into rattlesnakes, you already know who Clobber is, so enough said there. Truly a legend. Truly a legend. Yep. Yep. Man, I wish I could make it out there this year, but it's oh. not going to happen. Yeah, you and me both, brother. <laughs> maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yeah. All right. I got one other um, thing for this, for this show and, and right here, and I'll end it out, and then we'll start talking to our guest. Okay. Um, for many, many years, everybody's been using kingsnake.com classifieds or fauna classifieds. The Reptile Report actually released a new marketplace back uh, last week, last week Monday. Um, I was part of the pre the preload for them. It's a great site. Go check it out. It's marketplace.thereptilereport.com. Very simple. It works great with us uh, smaller breeders. You don't pay a monthly fee. You pay per ad. Um, you, <laughs> you can actually buy tokens. The tokens never go bad. So if you buy large amounts of tokens, of course, per token price is cheaper. And uh, you can buy 60,000 tokens. Probably last you forever if you're a small breeder only placing four or five ads a year. Go check them out. Um, it's the Reptile Reports Marketplace. Be sure to check those guys out. 
Um, and I think that's it. That's all I have for uh, front news this week. Very cool. Chad, you got anything you want to add? Seen anything come across? Uh, nope. Brandon, you got you got anything you'd like to add? No, I think it's all good. I I like the marketplace. I've looked around it a few times and uh, probably uh, probably put Roman reptiles up there. They have a place for parties, so I'll find it cool. Yeah, yep. It's actually the layout's so easy to do too. I think I put on like twenty five ads in a matter of a couple hours. It, it was a piece of cake. Um, so. All right, John, you want to do our social media spotlight? Yeah, for sure. Um, this is, unfortunately, for all my Canadian uh, brethren, or, well, I'm an American still, but, you know, we're working on the whole Canadian thing. Uh, that's sad. Uh, but uh, there's a group out there uh, run by Cat Mac, uh, Reptile Owners of Canada. If you own reptiles in the continent of Canada, you know that funny white place to the north of America that sits on top of America? Well, oh, that place that's always cold. <laughs> Don't you have icebergs floating around? <laughs> I think we did this year in the Chocolate River. I swear I saw an iceberg floating down there. Um, anyway, Cat Mac at the Reptile Owners Group of Canada, awesome folks. Literally, um, one of the best groups to get reptile education, get your questions answered, without being run over. Uh, I know a lot of the forums and groups out there, a new person will come in and ask a question, and they're, like, bombarded uh, and made to feel really small and insignificant, like they were dumb for asking a question. You don't get that with Reptile Owners of Canada. It's just a bunch of people hanging out, educating each other, talking about their reptiles. Great group. Congratulations to Cat Matt on keeping that group alive and really doing a huge amount of community outreach for reptiles up here in Canada. Great. Sounds and, like sounds like a group I need to join. Wait, maybe I am there already. Yeah, and you, know what, you don't need to be Canadian. You really don't. It helps. We won't hold it against you. Oh no. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right, so Reptile, we got uh, Spotlight. No breeders this show. Next week, we'll try to get a breeder on. We do a breeder spotlight every week as well. Mm -hmm. where we get um, some guys that breed or ladies that breed, and we bring them on. They can show off some of their animals that they produced, um, do a quick little interview with them, and uh, it'll be a good little spotlight to get the small hobbyist out there and, and visible. Um, so we'll do that next week. Again, next week is our premiere show. Um, we got a killer lineup next week. Um, that'll come a little later. We'll leave that for the last half of this show. But be sure to tune in. I'm sure you guys will uh, see all the digital media that uh, John and I are actually going to plaster all over social media. So uh, I'm sure nobody's going to miss next week, that's for sure. I'm just a warm-up man, you know. <laughs> yeah, but Brandon, we're going to have you on a couple times. you got enough content for us to, to fill in a few shows. So, all right. John, you want to introduce Brandon, and let's go ahead and... Uh... Yeah, awesome. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show uh, Brandon Fowler of Roaming Reptiles out of Bakersfield, California. Uh, Brandon has been a colleague of mine for... Bro, 
probably about three or four years now, maybe maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. But uh, I met Brandon like pretty much most everybody that I've met in the herp industry uh, via Facebook, and uh, we started talking about some different projects and things like that. I really liked Brandon's outreach in the community, and in a little bit later in the show, he's going to tell us one of the one of my personal favorite stories about community outreach and how he works his reptile shows and education into the into the surrounding community. Um, he does a lot of public education, but it's not people just calling him up on the phone to do business with him. It's people he meets every day in the grocery store, at a you know at a meeting, in a business meeting you know with his wife or you know he just meets people at random, and somehow he gets to them to talk about reptiles. Next thing you know, he's presenting at their kids' birthday parties, and one of the big things that he does is he brings in reptiles. Say um, the birthday party will uh, be hosted by a parent, obviously. And they say, well, my son wants or has wanted a bearded dragon or a corn snake or some other, you know, small animal just to get started. Brandon actually brings that animal to the show and then presents it as a gift to the child, which to me is just phenomenal. Um, Brandon has been doing this. I don't, Brandon, how long have you been doing this now? <laughs> We've been at it for, what, three or four years now, I guess? Okay. And how did you actually get started doing, you know, reptile education? I mean, obviously you're a reptile owner. But right. How did you get into the education aspect of it? What drew you there? You know, you know, uh, we did a my, – my oldest daughter was in, I believe it was third grade, something like that, and we wanted to do something for her, uh, for her class for her birthday, so we hired Roaming Reptiles from the previous owner, and he came and did a, did a show, and I was blown away, man. I mean, I just thought it was fantastic. Um, next thing I know, about four or five years later, I get an email from him saying, "I'm moving out, and I gotta, I'm, I'm I gotta sell the business. Do you want it?" And he didn't realize it was me. He didn't even know, you know, he didn't know me from anywhere. He actually searched on Facebook and saw that I like reptiles, and uh, that's how he emailed me. And so <laughs> wow. We worked it out, and uh, I took over. I've been doing it ever since. Nice. And but, uh, uh, we do shows for. For kids that want a bearded dragon, I make sure I talk to the parents and the kids, and they, they answer uh, a pretty good list of questions to make sure they know what they're doing, make sure they, they can take care of it. Exactly. Okay. Uh, now, as far as the actual shows, how many animals are you bringing to each show? Because I know a lot of people um, will come to me and you yourself and ask, you know, okay, how do I get started, and how many animals should I bring? You know, what should should I do and shouldn't I do? You know, what are some of the topics and animals that you cover when you do a uh, reptile presentation for the kids? You know, we, we bring now, we bring anywhere between 20 and 25 animals, uh, which is quite a bit for most uh, most shows. Yeah. So we, you know, we, we want to make sure everyone gets a, a wide variety of things. Man, there's so many out there that for kids to see. You know, we're bringing a small part of it. Uh, so we bring everything from, you know, of course, the bearded dragons. They're always popular. They're easy. Everybody can hold them uh, to our uh, cicada, to our big berm. She's about 13 foot now, about 120 pounds. Mm -hmm. uh, ball pythons, king snakes, we bring pretty much everything. I have a, a black roughneck monitor that 
his first show will be this Saturday. We've been working with him, so he'll be ready this Saturday. Wow. <laughs> okay, Roughneck Monitor. Now, that one I haven't heard of at a reptile show. And, and, and I cannot forget Francis. Uh, <laughs> Old Francis. How is he? I haven't seen him in a while. He's getting big. I put a picture of him up today. He's, uh, he's pretty handsome. Yeah, he's, he is. He's our African bullfrog. He's sitting at about between four and five pounds right now. Wow, the, si the size of a dinner plate. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, what is Francis eating now besides small fingers? <laughs> Here's the thing. These guys, is what I do during my show, is these guys usually jump after their food. You know, they're, they're pretty good at attacking their food, Well, no matter what it is. Francis just sits there, and I can put a rat in front of him, and Francis just sits there. Uh, when he sees that there's food there, the only thing he does is open his mouth, and I actually have to stick it in his mouth, and then he'll start eating. Um, wow. He will not jump after his own food. <laughs> Very lazy. Amazing. <laughs> How old yeah. is he, Brandon? He's about he's about nine, ten years old now. Wow, wow. Brandon, do you have a website? I know they can catch you on Facebook on your personal page. Do you have a business page on Facebook or any social yeah. media? Or you have a website? Yeah, we have we have uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, Roman Reptiles on Facebook and then. Uh, RomanReptiles.com, you'll see our, our website that uh, we're working on updating and getting some things done on it. Great. Now, Brandon, is there any places, because um, I know you cover a lot of the Northern California areas, do you ever get requests to go down south, like to the San Diego areas, or is that, uh, how, I've got is there calls. a certain range that you go? I'll, I'll go pretty much anywhere, uh, okay. really on the animals and the weather. You know, I, I got to make sure the animals are safe first, uh, depending on how far I'm going to drive. Um, I'll, I'll go pretty much anywhere to, to be able to do a show and and, the, and, the, and the teach people. You know, um, you know, we have, I we've we've talked about this. We have hundreds of people in this country do that that do what I do. You know, uh, I'm by far not the only one. I'm I know I'm not the best. Um, we have many many people and. These other people that do these shows, they need recognition. There's not enough of them. Yeah. You know, they need to be out there and doing these kind of things. You know, and and so that that's really what I'm focusing on now, along with my shows. I want to promote these other guys that are around the country that should be in the limelight and leading this hobby and getting these people involved and getting the youth involved because that's what we're getting. Right now, James, you have some. Uh some things about that, about, you know, getting getting more people involved, getting the youth involved, and things of that nature. Right, right. I do, uh, every year they have what they call down here the Great American Teaching, and I go to the elementary school, since my kids are in elementary school, I go to elementary school, I bring some snakes, I talk about them, because um, we know that kids under the age of six, we can actually teach them that snakes aren't harmful that they should be respected and they'll learn that before the age is six so it's always good to try to get in and get the youngest crowd and um, as Brandon and I were talking earlier um, and he had mentioned that it starts with the kids and, and somehow it always winds up with the adults having the most amount of comments or questions or 
wanting the interaction with the animals. Um, so I think it, it, it's kind of a two-way street. And I know doing the elementary school that um, a lot of times the teachers are more involved and deadlocked with their mouths open um, <laughs> when I'm doing the, the, the presentation. And they have the most questions at the end of the show as well. Well, you know, one, one thing I, I tell parents and I tell teachers, I, I birthday parties, I'm, I'm there for the kids. I'm there to, to, to show them and, and teach them things. But I get the parents involved first. So I tell the parents, I go, you're going to get involved. You're going to have a smile on your face. Because if you're comfortable and you're having a good time, the kids are going to be comfortable or they're going to have a good time. If you look scared and you're tense, the kids are going to be scared. We want them to open up. I go, if you have a fear of something, here's your opportunity to get over it. You know, and that's that's kind of how we do it. Um, I'm not a comedian. I I make some jokes every once in a while, but I'm not a comedian. That's just not my thing. Um, yeah. And then I, I put it down as the show is not about me. It's about the animals. You know, you'll you'll look on on like our Facebook page. There's thousands of pictures. There's hardly anything of me. Yeah. It's always about the kids, the adults, and the animals. That's it. So, you know, that's pretty much where we, where we stand on what we do and why we do it. Right on. And now, uh, Brand, share with, the, share with our audience a couple of the stories. Um, leave my favorite one, though, for the end. <laughs> Here's some of the stories that you've encountered, some of the kids that you've encountered that have um, essentially changed your life and changed your outlook on how you know, on how you're looking at the hobby and stuff like that. You know, I, when when I started with this with this hobby, I you, you get jaded pretty quick. You know, whenever you're whenever you're trying to breed something or you know you want to be a, a, a selling reptiles or whatever. Once I can got into to the educational part of it, man, my it just flipped my world upside down. You know, you do a show and you start a show where, where a, a girl or a boy or a mom or dad, I've had plenty of dads that are terrified of snakes, scared to death. By the end of the show, they're holding them, taking pictures with them. And, and they realize how cool they really are. And usually about every show, I come in contact with somebody who's terrified. But by the end of it, they're holding something. And I, I don't call them out. I don't want to embarrass them. I leave the end of the show open. You want to come up? You want to touch something? You want to hold something? Here it is. Let's do it. And I'll stand, I'll stay an extra thirty or forty minutes just to get pictures, just to you know have these people experience these animals. I've had some that you know a, a little girl. She, I'm sorry, a, a little boy uh, that we did at school. He started crying during a show when I brought out my tarantula. And after the assembly, he came up with the with the principal, and she told me that whenever he was younger, his dad threw a live tarantula in his bed as a joke, because his dad thought it would be funny, and it terrified this kid, and ever since then, this kid has been scared to death of any, of any kind of spider, Right. and uh, so I, I got Rosie the tarantula, I took her out, uh, it left her in her container, but put her on the table, I said, just look at it. And after about five minutes, I said, okay, I'm going to open up the lid so you can get a better better look at her. And I opened up the lid, and he would look at her, and I asked him, I go, do you want me to take him out? And I go, I'll hold him. So I took him out, and I was holding him. And his face was just, he was just amazed. 
you know, I, I explained to him, I go, they're not jumping towards you. They're not wanting to hurt you. She's just hanging out. By the end of that, he had to walk across his hand. And he was fine. He loved it. That's awesome. That, that's something that's, you know, little things like that, man, that, that sticks with you. I'll never forget those. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, um, was it, uh, I want to say Melissa? Was that the one I'm thinking of? I don't know. The, um, the little girl that, uh... Michelle? Michelle, not Melissa. Michelle, yeah. Yeah, we, we did a, we did a, a show, God, I can't remember the, the name of it, it's, uh, the Youth Disability of Bakersfield, and we did, we did four or five shows for them, and there was a young lady, I think she was probably 16, 15 or 16, she was, she was blind, and she wanted to come and touch everything. I mean, she was like the first up, and I got to Francis, and I'm holding Francis out, and she was just raising her hand. She couldn't wait. She wanted to touch Francis, so she came up, and she started petting me. And I asked her, I said, well, what does Francis feel like? She said, she, feel, she feels like a pickle. And I just cracked up, because I thought, you know what, I've never heard that before, and it's so true. You know, you feel Francis, it feels like a pickle. Yeah. So now I tell everybody, you know, they ask me, I say, he feels like a pickle. <laughs> you know, Michelle touched everything. The tarantula, the big snakes, the tegus, all of it. She wanted, she wanted that. And that was so just... It was, it was a rush to, to, to see how happy she was doing it. The smile on her face, you know, when she was, when she was touching everything. Because it was just amazing. She had no fear whatsoever. And now she, uh, she's one of the featured photographs on your uh, Facebook fan page, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I couldn't. There's no way I couldn't do it. She was just. She was one of those special girls, man. It was just. Oh yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, because I don't remember what she's petting in the picture, but I remember. I remember her smile and her laugh. I mean, she was yeah, obviously was laughing and just. I mean, having the best time of her life, and just the outreach that you do with the community is just phenomenal. And, you know, I for one really appreciate it because I know the education level that goes into the shows. Um, what is what would be your say top five best advice if you were to give advice to someone interested in doing something similar to what you're doing there at Roaming Reptiles? Well, you know, again, I, I'm not the best. I don't book a million shows like some people do, but you got to have passion. You can't go into a show and just go through the steps, man. You got to feel it, and they got to go see it. If you don't have that, you're not going to convince them, you know, and they're not going to tell everybody else. Um, you know, uh, just it's something you just got to have. You know, once you do it, you're it's it's like a drug. You just want to keep doing these shows and get them going. Make sure that that you you're not promoting yourself. It's not about branding. You know, it's about roaming reptiles. It's about the animals, plain and simple. And exactly. uh, one thing I'm trying to, you know, I talk to people about other people that do this. It's not a contest. We're not in a race with each other. Who can do the most shows? <laughs> you know, who, who can get the most kids to touch a reptile? You know, our only goal should be to educate people to keep this hobby alive. You know, if if that stops, this is a dead hobby. This is a this is this isn't even an issue. It doesn't matter. You know, so have that goal that you want to keep this hobby alive and do it with passion, man. Uh, amazing things will happen for you. 
Awesome. Very cool, man. Passion. I think that's what a, a lot of the hobbyists need nowadays. Um, I see a lot of it uh, turn to money in, in instead of passion. Um, I looked up to a lot of the guys uh, when I was growing up reading books. Um, so <clears throat> I agree right there, Brandon, that passion for what we do is uh, where the kids are going to see that and they're going to learn from it. Um, I see it with my own kids. Probably very, uh, a lot of our viewers see it with their kids too. Um, if you include them, they, they feel your passion towards the subject and, and towards the hobby. Um, so, And hopefully the kids follow through with it. I, I mean, I don't expect my daughters to follow in my same exact footsteps, but uh, it's there. It's there for them to, to actually take a hold and, and run with it. Right. No, I, I agree. You know, you guys saw earlier my four-year-old son. He loves these animals. <laughs> you know, I mean, he goes crazy every time I when I when I start uh, loading up for a show. Man, he's right up there with me, helping loading up. He's grabbing dragons. He's grabbing snakes, putting them in their containers. And when I'm uh, putting them back after a show, he's right there with me. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and he can tell me, like I like I told you, John. He can tell me every animal, what they eat, where they're from. He's four years old. You know, and, and he has that fire in him, and, and he's constantly wanting to learn. And, and, you know, I'll go on Facebook, I'll look at some of the pictures of some of the animals. He's right there on my lap wanting to know what they are and, you know, where they're from. So he's got it. And one of the cool things that you were telling us, Brandon, um, not to mention that I was, and I am still am, completely blown away that your son is four years old. And when uh, James and I were in the green room with you earlier today, uh, Brandon's son was inquiring as to James's background that you see there, which is his logo for Tremendous Tricolors. And all of a sudden, off camera, James and I just hear this, Daddy, is that a corn snake or a milk snake? And I'm like, what the heck was that? Because <laughs> he's not even on the screen. you know. <laughs> and I just hear this tiny voice, and I'm like, wait a minute, how old is he? And Brandon, you know, he said he's four years old, and it was just amazing that you know, here's this four-year-old kid that's already doing moristics. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's got it down, man. Like I said, you, you know, you'll want him on the show pretty soon without me. So yeah, for sure. Now, James, what do you think about that? As far as Brandon, uh, one of Brandon's articles was talking about uh, the people that do the community outreach, like Brandon the Roaming Reptiles does. Do you think that's where we're going to find the next TV star for you know to be our mentor for reptiles? You know that's that that's so tough to even say, John. Um, you know we look at the way society is run t today, but uh, I I really think we'll see our next hobby stars come from within either those outreaches where we touch one child and he just grabs hold of it and runs with it. And I I'll give a perfect example. Two years ago, I did the Great American Teaching. And I had a, a group of fifth graders. And there was this one fifth grader, and I get chills when, when I talk about this. There was this one fifth grader. He always had his hand up to answer every single question I had. So I let him answer a couple of them. After I was done with the presentation, before he left the room, he came up to me, and he could tell me every scientific name, where each snake was from, how big they grew, what kind of spaces they need, <laughs> whether they laid eggs, he told me more at 
his age and as a fifth grader, then I knew by the time I was 17, 18 years old, and it was I was amazed. I was amazed. Those are the kids that that are going to become the stars of the hobby. Those are the kids that have the passion that learn from social media, but learn more so from from books and reading. There's no way he could he could know all those scientific names just from social media. No. Yeah, but I, I think that's where our, our hobby stars will come from. And um, hopefully... And I, think, I think we need to push to make that happen. You know, there, there's too much, you know, in this hobby, there's too much of setting back and letting other people do it. You know, and, you know we need to get together. That's what I talk about with, with the educators. You know, let's get together and let, let's, let's have a voice. Let's do this. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely, Brandon. Worried about your own shows. Let's all work together and let's... Uh, Let's kick some butt, you know, and make this thing happen, you know. And, and we do that, this hobby will change for the better, you know. There'll be a lot less complaining once we're over this hump, and we can we can stop fighting these battles. And it's, and it's going to start when we decide to work together. Absolutely, I agree with you 100%. And John, I, John and I have had countless conversations over the past few months about um, <laughs> this show in particular. Um yeah. I think this is the avenue that we can touch and we can teach the younger people because they're 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 up with technology, you know, and we're we're kind of lagging behind. So if we can stay up with technology and be in their face like this show, um, anything, and, and teach them about respecting the hobby and being passionate and learning everything you can. And I agree with the the older mentor type people need to band together um, I, I would like to see a group just based on educational experiences get a group together maybe on Facebook I know many of people that may go and do it and get together and we can actually compare notes and right. see what works for a certain age groups or, or see what works for you know each individual in, in each individual state I'm all for it, uh, Brandon. I, I think you're right on the right track. I love your your passion about it and your outlook for what you do. You're not doing it because you can go collect $50 an hour. You're doing it because you're teaching those kids and those kids, and you get a smile from those kids' face, and, and, and that's what it's all about. No, well, you, know, you know what? It, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I've told this to, to many people. You know, if it wasn't for my wife, I couldn't do this. <coughs> I mean, she helps me out and she supports me, and it's amazing what this woman does. Um, she she helps me with shows. You know, she she's done hundreds of shows with me. Um, so you know, she's she's the backbone of this. You know, and and she's really given me confidence in what I do. You know, and that that's a that's a great thing for me to feel that. To have that to fall back on that support, um, but you know, it's tough, man. Because we we got to get together. We got to do this now. You know, a lot of people tell me that, oh well, you know, you're an educator. If these bans happen, you'll be okay because you can get that. You know, you'll, you'll get some kind of permit to be able to. Because you are an educator, you know, you'll be able to keep these animals. Well, I don't want to just keep these animals. I don't want to have to get a permit to keep them while everybody else gets screwed and not have anything. Right. You know, I want everybody to be able to have everything, and I want to be able 
be out there and do my job and have some fun. Um, so I don't look at it like, well, no matter what, I'm safe because I don't want to just be safe because I'm an educator. You know, I want to fight for this hobby, and, and, and educators can lead the way, that's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more myself. You know, and that's how actually I got started in this, too, was, you know, working with a partner of mine doing shows at Boy Scout camps and, you know, various other uh, camps around, you know, around San Diego and stuff like that. It was just a community outreach thing that we just did, you know. It's just, and then next thing you know, people are wanting to pay us to do it, and we're like, "You want to pay us to do it? Okay." <laughs> you know, because we weren't in it for the money. We just wanted to educate people on rattlesnakes and what other snakes they would encounter in the wild. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, that, that's. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I if I just had an unlimited amount of money, yeah, I'd do it just for fun, just because it's so. It is fun. Sure a good time, you know, but, uh, you know, we, we get paid. i got to keep these animals in, in good health and, you know, keep them going, keep them happy. Um, and I, I try to get new animals once, twice a year to kind of rotate throughout the shows, give give different ones a break and, and give shows that I have repeat shows every year. Um, you know, like some birthday parties, I'll, I'll be doing my fourth year in a row doing, a, doing the, this kid's birthday party. Wow! For the last three years, this will be the fourth. So I gotta get some new animals, kind of change it up for them a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So Brandon, let me ask you: um, What is typically the largest uh, draw for an animal? Um, is it a lizard? What do you see kids kind of leaning towards more on their? their interest sides, or is it pretty much equal across across the board? Probably some of the, some of the favorites at the show are the turtles and tortoises. Everybody loves the turtles and tortoises, man. They're just, they're very easygoing. You can hold them, pet them. Kids love them. Um, the showstoppers that people just get really excited for is Francis, our African bullfrog, and Sally, our Burmese python, just because she's so big. Um, you know, those those two are, are the showstoppers. Everybody loves them. The turtles and tortoises, by far, the, the, probably the favorite for, for the kids. Yeah, I have noticed that, too, that, that uh, the four-legged shell creatures are, are pretty popular. I, yeah. And I always wonder why, maybe because they resemble more towards the dog, the slow-moving dog. Um I always wondered why, but I, I've seen that as well, that kids are more in tune to, you know, the turtles and tortoises as well. I just wanted to see where you stood on that and seeing if you had any other insight. Yeah, I mean, that's usually what it is, and, and I would agree. I think it's it's closer to something familiar when they see it. Um, you know, there, there's tons of cartoons with tortoises, so they see it, and that's kind of what they uh, – goes together in their head, you know, okay, well, that's what I see on TV, on the cartoons, this is right. a lot, so they, they must be that way, you know. They can associate with the tortoises better. Tortoise right. and the hare, I mean, everybody knows that story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so what we do is, is you know, we, we, we bring two or three tortoises, and we, we space them out throughout the show just because they're so popular, I know. Everyone gets excited when I, you know, all the kids get excited when the tortoise comes out. So uh, we make sure, we always make sure we have those guys with us. 
great. Very cool. Now, as far as, um, you know, the community outreach, Brent, how many, in your best estimate, obviously you don't, have, I'm sure you don't have an exact number, how many shows do you think you've done since you've taken over Reptile, uh, or Roman Reptiles, rather? Oh, man. You know what, I, I honestly could not even tell you. It's been, yeah. uh, it's been a lot. It's been uh, far more than what I ever expected. You know, we we have our our library season coming up. That's thirty shows. Wow. Uh, that will two months just for the libraries, and then we have the ranch in that time too. And then we have schools, and we have daycares, and we have birthday parties. Um, so I just kind of keep my calendar going. You know, it just doesn't stop. Exactly. Exactly. And what do you think is uh, how much time? Uh, actually, that's another good question I had. What time frame do you look at as far as doing shows? Is there certain shows that take longer versus, uh, you know, um, say, for instance, do you ever get requests for, you know, we're going to only have 30 kids and you only have this amount of time? Or do they, oh, yeah. the organizers pretty much have it open to your interpretation as far as how long, you know, you're going to be entertaining for or educating for? Well, like uh, last year we did a school and they wanted five assemblies back to back. Holy crap! I was there all day. Just me, me and my wife. My wife and I. We were there all day, literally doing the shows. Um, birthday parties. We go an hour, hour and a half. Uh, you know, depending on pictures and questions and stuff like that. Because we want to give everybody an opportunity. We're not going to charge you extra because you want us to stay for an extra 15, 20 minutes to take pictures. Um, we have our base rate, and you get us for however long we're there. Um, Very cool. So we, we do that. Schools can be 45 minutes, an hour. It just depends on their schedule and what they need. Libraries, same thing. It can go as long as I let it go. And you, we usually do, we've done two-hour shows on libraries before just because we've had so many people show up. Man, that's a long show, man. I, I know I know this. this we're doing a, a show in McFarland, one of the libraries. Last year, they expected like 40 people. And we had over 150 show up, and they were actually lined up outside uh, with the doors open, trying to hear us. Uh, so this year they're actually doing two shows for us at that library because they know that they know it's gonna it's gonna be completely full. So. Wow, that's great. That's great. Expecting 40 and having 150 show up. Yeah, I went. To, we have we have the Steve Martin Wildlife uh, Refuge up here also, and they they come out to the libraries. And uh, it was it was a flattering, you know. The one of the libraries told me she goes, "We just had Steve Martin's crew here uh, last week, and they drew I think it was like 48 people." And this is a different library up in uh, Tehachapi. And she goes, "You know, this was the biggest crowd we've ever had. We've had over 250 people at this show." Um, so that that's a huge, huge crowd for a library. Uh, so I'm, you know, I was excited that that many people wanted to show up and see the animals. Thank God you don't have a stage fright, right? <laughs> you know what? And, and before I started doing this, you could not get me in front of people at all. Uh, it scared me to death. I would I would just get lightheaded. I'd get scared to death. But you know, that's why I tell people that want to do this. You, you find a passion. And yeah, I still get nervous. I still get a little scared before some shows. But you know what? Then you concentrate on the animals and what you're doing. 
and that fear just kind of goes away. You know, when you find something that you love to do, that 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 fear is just gone. That's right. Man, I, re I remember doing shows, and they, they, they were so much fun, just watching the kids' faces and stuff like that. And like Brandon was talking about, too, with the adults, you know, coming up afterwards. Uh, one in particular, I remember a uh, kid brought his mom in to show her the uh, rattlesnakes we had had. And, she's, and she, was bent, she was bent over looking in the enclosure, and she's like, oh, these are poisonous, right, honey? And he was probably like five or six years old, puts his hands on his hips, and he's like, Mom, it's venomous, not poisonous. Jeez. Venom is something that's injected into you by another. And he literally went off. Uh, and, we're, and like you, James, quoted us directly from the show. Poison is something you eat, drink, or inhale. Venom is something injected into you by another animal. Right. Uh, and he just, I was like, wow. That's good. I mean, I think that the whole atmosphere with any people, when they show interest like that, I find the biggest issue, and I don't know if you find that, Brandon, but sometimes I find an issue with getting the parents on board about the hobby. And show, they show interest, but they don't ever support us. Right. You know, I I, I did, a, did a show... Uh, a couple months ago, uh, and the mom wanted a bearded dragon for her son, and so I I got a bearded dragon, and you know we talked, and I presented it to the, to the kid uh, during the show, and now that mom and I are on you know constant contact on how the dragon is doing, how the how the how is her son doing, uh, if they need anything, you know, and and one thing that I make sure, and I, I you know for me this is easy, I, I think everybody should do it. If you get rid of an animal, if you sell an animal, whatever, you know what? That person is in your life forever. If they ever need any help, they need any advice, whatever you need, call me. I'll help you out. You know that that's it's my job. It's what I do. It's what I enjoy doing. Um, so I make sure whoever I get those animals for that you know, they're in my phone. They're they're dialed in. They can text, call, email, whatever, and uh, and I'll and then you know be there to help them out. Absolutely. I think you t really caught a point there. Um, and, and I'm not going to skew away from them being in your life, but it goes to the selling of reptiles too and the ethical treatment that some of the sellers actually have. They sell the animal, the people get it, um, it comes in alive, and the next thing you know, my email box or my PM is full from these people that got this animal from this other breeder. And they don't know what it eats. They don't know, you know, they don't know how to take care of it. And, right. uh, um, you know, that it's a shame. It's a shame to see that. And, 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 you know, nobody has the ethical treatment of treating others anymore. It's well, thanks for the money and goodbye. You know, I, I feel like we need to set our standards a little bit higher. You know, it is, we shouldn't be setting the standards higher for the buyer. The seller should be setting their, their 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 standards higher. You know, have that commitment. You know, not only to that customer but to that animal. You know, I, I don't want to to give an animal away at a party just so it can die a couple months later. 
Right. You know, I want, I want that I want that boy or girl to have an animal that they can watch grow and be with them for many many years. And I'm telling you, you do that, the parents appreciate it. You'll get more if you're selling animals. You'll get more sales. If you do shows like I do, you're going to get more shows. You know, it will come around to you. But put that effort forward. You know, if they call you and say, hey, you know, what temperature do I keep it at? You know, instead of giving them a hard time, just answer the question. You know, right. I mean, it, it's what I see on some of these forums and some, some groups. You know, people ask a question. The first thing people say is, well, why didn't you research it before you buy it? Well, you know what? Instead of, like, giving them that, why don't you just tell them what to do? Why don't you just tell them the temperature? Yep. They'll they'll respect you a lot more, and chances are, if you're that cool to them, they might buy from you at some point. Right, absolutely. Um, one of the things, I don't know if you do, but one of the things I actually offer um, any of the local kids that, that purchase from me that their parents actually, you know, finally let them have their first snake, um, at any point in time, I make sure the parents have my number for any problems. But if the child actually eventually loses interest, and, and we see that from time to time, it's more of an impulse, it's a cool thing to have, and then the kid will lose interest in a year or two, doesn't want to take care of it. I always offer to take that animal back. Yeah, um, do. don't, go, don't go and try to sell it on Craigslist. Contact me. I'll find a home for that animal, whether it be with myself or with another child. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I make sure that, that they understand that whenever I uh, do these animals at the show and I, I give them to the, to, the, to the boy or girl, if it comes to a point where they can't take care of it or they don't want it, I'm their first phone call. Um, and so it hasn't happened yet. Thank God. I hope it doesn't. I hope these kids enjoy their animals and, and grow with them. Um, but they all have my number, the kids and parents. And it's, it's funny because I, I have a kid calling me probably about once every week, week and a half right now. He had a turtle, and his turtle died. And his mom called me, and he wanted to talk. He was six years old. And he was telling me about how he had his turtle set up, and, and he was doing it wrong. You know, he got wrong information from the pet store, and it died. I wasn't going to tell him, you know what, kid, you, you killed your turtle. You know, I'm going to come on now. You know, I, I said, well, here's what you could have done. You know, I, I said, you could have done this and maybe do this next time. So now we're talking about lizards. And he calls me about once every week and a half. He's six years old. We'll have a conversation. And then his mom will go on the phone. She goes, it's just amazing how much he loves reptiles. And he can't wait to get one. And, but he's doing what you're saying. He's going to a library. He's, I'm getting him online. He's learning. And that way when he get, has this information and he knows enough about it, he'll get one. And, you know, to me, that's awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm not getting a show out of it. I'm not getting a sell out of it. But I'm getting this kid into a, a reptile, which is just as good. Right. Right. All right. So, we, you have any other questions, John? Or Your one mic's off. Question. Yeah, no, I saw that. I was... Trying to uh, do two I thought maybe things, uh, I thought maybe you were trying to do one of those silent scream movies back yeah, exactly. uh, the old, the early uh, 1900s there. Yeah, I got a shiny head thing happening, man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody make up in here quick. I think I think it's the really cool camera I'm using. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brandon, show off those headphones that your uh, that your daughter gave you. Those are cool. 
Hey, man, don't knock them. They're pretty cool, actually. They're, they're, uh, my daughter gave me the little butterfly headphones of hers that I can use if I need to. That is just awesome. Butterfly that is great. Uh, but yeah, Brandon, what would you say is the is in all honesty the hardest part about doing reptile shows for kids? Man, you know what? The hardest part is is making sure the the parents and, and are all there and understand that the kids can't rush the table and grab animals and you know I mean I've been lucky enough with, with most of my animals that they're all so mellow and so calm. Um, kind of like Sally, our Burmese python, that snake has been touched by an ungodly amount of people. I mean, just thousands upon thousands. And she just lays there like it's no big deal. You know, I mean, she's had over 100 hands on her at once, and she just lays there. You know, I mean, she's a great snake. Um, I think that's the, the hardest part, just making sure the kids understand what they can and can't do. Right. Awesome. And uh, now, James, as far as your uh, your side of the great teaching is concerned, what do you what do you uh, actually both of you? What do you think is the best way to get all of the educators onto one single page where we can exchange ideas and create maybe a group that we can move the education movement more. Uh, forward more rapidly rather than like Brandon was talking about, you know, seeing people bicker online all the time and stuff like that and <clears throat> essentially putting each other down, really. You know, how do we get past that hurdle of, oh, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. You know, let's just educate the kids. How do we get past that, guys? You want to take that first, Brandon, or? Well, you know, I, I was talking to somebody who does shows and and I asked him that question about getting everybody together, and he said, you know, chances are it won't happen, you know, because everybody has their little show secrets, and they don't want to give it out. And I'm, you know, after I got the phone, I was like, man, what a joke. You know, are you really bad? Is it really that bad that we have our little show secrets and we don't want to tell anybody? You know, we all have pretty much the same animals. We all have pretty much the same information. What secrets do you have? You know, I, I talk to people who want to do this. I spill my guts to them because I want to make sure they have the best opportunity there is. I'm not competing with them. If someone's in Kansas doing these shows, how am I competing with them? You know, it's not a race. We can work together. We can give our little secrets away. You know, it's like it's like wrestling, old school wrestling. You know, nobody knew it was fake. <laughs> you know, they wanted to keep it that way. <laughs> Now everybody knows it's fake, and look, it's still going, and it's going stronger awesome. now than it was before. Yeah, and and I think I think if we work together, man, we can only grow, we can only get better at doing this, and that should be our goal to get better. Oh, absolutely, I agree with you one hundred percent. There, I think the next step forward, and I've talked to uh, some other presenters around the state, and actually some eco tour guys and stuff like that, and I think. Getting a lot of the educators together shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, if we can structure it to a point where we can teach people to do it locally, I mean, I don't travel a long way to educate. Um, just something I don't do. I, I don't have a business to educate like you do, Brandon. Um, 
but I do local stuff. And if we can make a platform and give these kids, these adults that may be on the verge of uh, being an educator and give them an outlet to come and say, hey, I got a question. How do I present this animal? I want to present this animal. Can I, how do I do that? Um, you know, and that's the thing. The single source of information for any educator, when, when I first wanted to do uh, the Great American Teaching, I went online and researched to see if there was anybody that gave me an idea as to whether, you know, how to present it to the kids. You know, how do you present a 12-foot Burmese python to a group of four- and five-year-olds? What do you talk about? Um, being in my mid to late 30s, I'm all into biology, DNA, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, the kids aren't. Right. So it took me a little while to set uh, age range on what I talk about. And now, you know, the first, second, and third graders get the same speech, but the fourth and fifth graders, they get a different speech. Right. You know, well, you know, it's, it's what, what we talk about with Sally. You know, first we named, we named her Sally. We want a nice name. We want an inviting name. We don't want a big, scary, you know, name. We're not going to try to scare them. And, and I always get the question, you know, what does she eat? What, you know, that's like the big question for Sally is what does she eat? And, and I tell them, I said, well, you know, she eats rabbits. And I always get the, oh, no, you know. And I say, well, hold on. I go, she only eats the mean rabbits. She leaves all the nice ones alone. You know, nice. you, do that, you, you play with them. They enjoy that. They get, they laugh. The kids appreciate, or the, the parents appreciate it. Yeah. You know, you're making it you're making it easier for them to, to consume and, and understand. You know, instead of saying, "Oh, she she eats anything in her path." Right. Yeah. And that's what we fight. I mean, that's what we're fighting out of mainstream media. They make it seem like these are huge, dangerous animals, and a lot of the times they aren't. No, you know, I made a video. I did one. It's called "Dear Animal Planet," and it's it's just a whole video of nothing but people holding Sally. And our uh, and and Newman, our, we had an albino Burmese python, and that's what the whole video is. It's it's a hundreds of people holding them, and I and at the end of it, I go, does this look like a man-eating super snake? You know, I mean, this is what they do. They just sit there and hang out. Yep, for sure. Now, <laughs> what would you say? Uh, how much time do you spend, Brandon, every week on not even just doing the shows? But just on animal maintenance alone, because I know you, I know personally you have a lot of animals. Right. But, you know, I mean, how much time actually goes into, okay, today, you know, is animal day, tomorrow is family day. I mean, how do you, how do you break up your day? Well, you know what, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough I get to stay home with Brandon, little Brandon, throughout the day when I don't have shows. So we'll, we'll clean out, we'll organize, we'll clean some animals. Um, he helps me do all that kind of fun stuff. Um, my awesome wife, she loves the tortoises, so she cleans and feeds all the tortoises. Um, I handle the snakes, and, and I'm definitely allergic to, to rabbits. Um, I mean, seriously, I, I have asthma, and when I get around a rabbit, it's like an instant asthma attack. Um, wow. So we have to go buy them, and my wife picks them up and puts them in the cage with Sally. Uh, so she does that, too, because I just... I balloon up, man. I don't need to be ballooned up any more than what I already am. So, 
she does that, and I, I'm lucky, man. I'm lucky to have a family that helps out and, and really kind of helps break that time up where I can spend time the evenings with my family. That's awesome, man. Now, uh, speaking of family, uh, there's you had your uh, well, I guess in a, some in uh, about nine months, you're about to have a new addition. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're uh, it was a surprise, but we're, awesome. we're happy about it. You know, we're, we're excited. Um, just one more, one, one more, uh, one more human I can bring into the uh, hobby. You know. There you go. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Thank now, you. Um, outside of roaming reptiles, uh, do you actually go to any reptile shows and you know hang out at the reptile shows at all, or is it just an educational thing for you? Or I'll I'll, I'll probably go to ones this year. Uh, okay. Kind of look at some new animals and see what. Talk to some old friends I haven't seen in a while. Meet some new ones. Yeah. Um, but you know I haven't, I haven't been to a show in probably three years, three or four years. Um, either because I've always had shows on those days. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that, that's usually why, but I'm, I'm going to try to block out at least a half a day so I can go. Awesome. Awesome. Now, just just so our uh, audience has an aware of it, um, there is the Roaming Reptiles Facebook fan page and then roamingreptiles.com and... Right. What's the uh, Twitter handle for you guys? Oh, Lord. Um, I know. I threw you on the spot, huh? <laughs> reptiles. Yeah, let's go with that one. All right. That. that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, here's the thing. is, is I, I like the Roman Reptile page. I like, but if you want to, you know, I like to interact with people, especially, yeah. you know, about reptiles. So I get a lot of people uh, wanting on my personal page. And I'm cool with that, man, because I want I want these people to see what my life is like and see the dedication not only to the reptiles, my faith, but my my family. Yeah. You know, and see what I'm about. Yeah. And you can do it. You can do these things together. You know, and I remember um, a call. Uh, well, actually, somebody came to me asking uh, specifically about getting into doing reptile presentations, and I remember uh, that was when you and I first met, and you. You talked to him, uh, talked to him about how to get started, and from what I've heard, they're actually doing uh, some shows. I think down in Southern California in that area, and oh, nice. actually really enjoying themselves. So, kudos once again to you. Thanks for helping out on that. Uh, it was just a gentleman that you know had some snakes, and he's like, "I know you know a bunch of people that do reptile shows. Who is the one I should talk to to you know find out?" Like James was saying. How do I present a snake to a child? Do I, you know, just go here and hand them the snake, or you know, how do I do it? What are some of the safety aspects that you have to look at as far as are is there insurance policies? Is it state dependent? I mean, what are some yeah. of the pitfalls that you can get into? We we have our our insurance, you know, that we have to carry, especially for like the the libraries and stuff like that. Um, right. You know, safety-wise, man, it's it's all about common sense. You know, don't go in there trying to be He-Man, showing off these cool animals because you want to be cool. You know what? It's okay to make a fool out of yourself and look silly sometimes. You know, um, common sense. You know, like, like with Sally, I'm, I'm always holding her head. You know, I never just let anybody just hold her head. 
Um, the bearded dragons, what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. They just sit there. Yeah. Um, king snakes, you know, I let, I let people hold the king snakes, the ball pythons. And, and the, the biggest thing is, is spend time with your animals. Learn your animals. Learn what they what they do. Learn their tendencies. You know, so like you do that and common sense, you will be fine. You know, you, you don't do that, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, I don't think you'd ever get me to hold a king snake just because every king snake I've ever encountered tries to eat me. I take um, three to the shows and and they all get held. Man, that's just amazing. That's because they smell a rat, John. <laughs> I knew that was coming. That's <laughs> it, right there. You must smell like a rat. I think it's just because I like their, uh, I like their, you know, their cousins, the rattlesnakes, so much, and they just, they just hate that, and they want to eat So, Jay, anything else for Brandon or? Brandon, do you do any like um, local educated? Uh, you're out in California, so of course you have venomous snakes out that way. Do you do local stuff with any venomous, or is it all pretty much all captive stuff? No, I, I don't do any venomous stuff. Um, just because the main reason is I don't have the the training behind it, and uh, I, I tell people, you know, if you, if you don't have the training, don't fool yourself into thinking you can just go out there and do it. You know, don't try to be a hero. Look what I'm holding, kind of thing. Um, I'm secure enough in what I do that I don't need venomous snakes and venomous animals. I'm not going to risk myself or my family or the, the audience in it when I don't have the, the training to, to do it. Right. Hey, it was just a question because, uh, you know, teaching people about the local fauna is just as important, too. And I was wondering if you had stepped into that arena as, you know, Producing a, the local fauna for, for the kids on that educational Oh, side. yeah. I mean, we, we talk about the animals, and I'll show them pictures and stuff like that. Um, that that's not a problem. You know, I can do all that kind of stuff. I just don't have any live you know, rattlesnakes or anything like that uh, with me. But we definitely talk about the California reptiles and, and amphibians and stuff. Great. All right. So I don't have anything else. I think, Brandon, you covered everything that um, – on the educational side that uh, uh, we need to hear as a hobby. Um, I'm sure we'll, we're definitely going to bring you back on and uh, discuss some of the mo other things that go on um, on the educational side. Um, I'd like to work with you possibly here in the near future and maybe get some sort of Facebook group together um, yeah, and try to get some of us educational guys being from cold-blooded publishing, I have no problem possibly um, taking my services and, and, and doing informational sheets that'll help the education, the teachers, to right. teach these people and give them a, a, a. Maybe we can do an outline together on stuff that they may need for different age groups and, and what they need to talk about. I'd love to work with you on that and, and get that out to some of the other people. Because there's many hobbyists that may have one or two snakes that would love to do a, a little presentation at a school, like I yeah. did. And uh, they just don't have the information available. If you Google it, it there's not a lot there. Right. No, I, I'm 100% I'm for it, and that, that's what needs to happen. We need that, uh, you know, there, there are people out there that want to do it, but they just don't have that, 
that outline to go by. And if we can create a form and help them out, then you know what? Let's do it. Let's get another educator out there. Sounds great. Sounds something. Something we need to look forward to as a hobby as well. John, uh, John Chad, you have any uh, any questions for Brandon Fowler this evening? Uh, not myself. No, I think uh, he pretty much covered everything that I could uh, possibly think of at the moment. All right. Great. Well, let's see. Let's go into our closing stuff. John, you want to talk about what we got coming up next week? Oh man. <sighs> This is pretty. Th next week's gonna be an awesome show. Not that tonight wasn't awesome. Don't get me wrong, but uh, we have next week. We're talking about uh, cinematography and reptiles. I mean, what better subject is there? And we have three incredibly, insanely talented guests. Uh, we're gonna have Ori Martin on board, uh, which is the Texas snake hunter. In case somehow you didn't know who Ori Martin was. He goes out and shows rattlesnakes in a light akin to Marlon Perkins from the old Mutual... Well, shoot, this is a younger crowd. You probably guys don't even know who Mutual of Omaha is, do you? Anyway, oh, yeah. trust me, it's a really great show. If you're over the age of 30, you may have seen it with your dads. Uh, it was Marlon Perkins and a bunch of guys uh, going out and being real with the reptiles. Wow. Um, and uh, that's the way I equate Ori Martin to, is showing the truth behind the rattlesnakes. <laughs> then we have uh, Ray Morgan of the Venom Interviews. Hang on one, hang on one second, John. Okay. Um, we got Brandon. He's got to go ahead and go. Let's oh, okay. All, let's, let's say goodbye to Brandon. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks a lot, Brandon. Much really appreciated. Appreciate thanks, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. This is fun. We'll do it again. Yeah, you definitely will. We definitely will be have, getting in touch with you again and having you on the show again. It was awesome, man. I buy uh, the beers next time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, All right Brandon. Brandon. Take care, man. Have a great night. All right, brother. You too. All right. So then once again, that was uh, Brandon Fowler from uh, Roaming Reptiles out in Bakersfield, California. Definitely check him out on Facebook. Um, if you're a friend of ours, you can probably check our friends list, and you'll see Brandon Fowler there. Or just go to the Roaming Reptiles Facebook fan page, as well as RoamingReptiles.com. As Brandon said, the site is being updated. It still looks really clean. He's got a lot of really killer photographs up there. Do check him out. Do give him some, uh, give him shout out some love to him. Support his cause. He's doing some great work. Back to the cinematography. We have Ray Morgan, uh, probably one of the premier cinematographers out there. Uh, doing uh, film work around and with reptiles and reptile enthusiasts and herpetologists. He basically had a crazy idea. He wanted to learn all about what it's like to work in and around venomous reptiles, period. So he packed up his cameras and invested, I don't know, ungodly amounts of money into cinematography equipment and traveled around the world for... Uh, I think it was about two years or so, and talked to some of the premier people out there that are working with venomous snakes. Um, Jim uh, Jim Harrison and Kristen Wiley from Kentucky Reptiles who were in there. I mean, there's just... The clips that I've seen from the uh, Venom Interviews film are just phenomenal. This film, when it's finally released, is going to be huge. Then we have uh, Dave Kaufman from... Uh, the, of course, the feature film Herpers, 
which I think is up to number three now. It just got released, didn't it, James? Three or four. I'll have to double-check and see. I'll have to double-check, because I know last time I talked to Dave, he just finished filming the last one that was released, and I don't remember if it was three or four. I, I think it's four. Is but, it now four? Okay. Yeah, we'll have to ask Dave next week when he's on. Yeah, for sure. But uh, all the Herpers film series, we're going to have Dave on there talking about that. And basically we're going to talk about their experiences um, of working with reptiles on film and have them explain to you that, no, it's really not as easy as everyone makes it look like on TV. <laughs> it's actually work. <laughs> let, let me touch on Dave, too. Dave actually um, started up a bi-monthly show. I think it's released uh, the first and third Mondays or Tuesdays every month. Dave will figure it out. It's called Herpers TV. Um, nice. So, so that that's on YouTube too as well. You can go to his channel. We'll have him on. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's only three episodes of Herpers. Herpers TV. There's only three episodes no, up there. The movies, the DVDs. There's only three of them. Oh, that's oh, it. Only three so far. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was on number four for some reason. You know, he may be. You know what? It might be James. He may be working on number four as we speak. Yeah. That we'll have to ask him next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll ask him next week for sure. Um, and so we covered uh, the snake days, right? We covered that in the beginning. Yeah, we got snake days. I think we're good on the news. I appreciate okay. everybody watching and stopping in. Um, check us out next week. We're going to advertise next week. Should have a, a lot of comments. Um, be sure, anybody that's watching, you can actually comment and interact with us on a few different levels. If you're watching us up on, on YouTube, just go to the comment section, type in your question, whether it's for the guest, the host, uh, our executive producer, Chad, whatever you want. Um, you can interact with us. We'll grab your <coughs> question and we'll actually ask it to the guest. So remember that you can interact with us on YouTube is one of the places. You can also interact with us on our Google Plus event page. Um, make comments down there as well. And we can actually interact. Any of those comments, questions, we'll be glad to answer, and I'm sure the guests will too. It'll, this show is more for the interactive um, show. We want you, the audience, to actually, you're the ones that are going to see the information. So we want you to interact with us and inter interact with our guests because you may not always run into the guests to actually ask them the, the question you may have on the back of your mind the whole time. So be sure to interact and ask questions. Yeah, and you know, uh, for anyone that uh, used to listen to the old Reptile Living Room from back in the day, uh, basically folks, this is what I always hoped Reptile Living Room would be. Uh, thanks to the brains over there, James, uh, he actually created, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He actually made all this video stuff possible with the help of Chad Burns, our uh, executive producer. Uh, so kudos to you guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, what I used to do when it was just the podcast was people would like Facebook message me during you know during recordings, and I would have to remember to write it down and then ask the question to the guest, this, that, and the other thing. Now it's completely interactive. Like James said, on YouTube, we're going to have it on Facebook, Twitter, 
all these different channels are going to be able to be brought into the show at one time. So no matter where you are, you can ask questions via to the guests uh, live on the air, and we can just ask away, and it's all going to be completely interactive. We can actually bring in different phone calls and things like that as we move on to later technologies that we're examining now. So it's just going to be an awesome show. And I can't, and once again, I can't thank James and Chad enough for, you know, helping helping put this together the way it should have been done originally. Well, technology comes around and we have access <laughs> to it. Exactly. So. Makes life easy. Um, I got a couple things we need to pay some bills. Uh, oh, I hate saying that. But uh, we got John. We got John over there. Uh, he produces one of the best, the only digital ma uh, magazine. Um, you guys need to check it out. It's Her Palace Mag. I've been working with John for a, a few months here on that. Go check it out. Buy a subscription. If you guys are friends with me on Facebook, I actually posted a discount code. It's a tremendous tricolors discount code. Make sure you go to Herp House Magazine, put that discount code in, buy yourself a subscription. Um, there, there's going to be some great articles. we got a t great lineup going in that magazine. John's doing an excellent job with Becky on design. Unbelievable. You have to go check it out. Um, the other thing, Cold-Blooded Publishing, we're actually going to finally release a Euromastics book written by John. Um, that'll be coming up in the next few months. Of course, the Honduran book's been released for almost August. will be a year. Make sure you check those out. Um, Cold-Blooded Publishing uh, website isn't up yet, but you can always catch us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cold-blooded publishing. Um, and then, of course, tremendous tricolors in the back. You'll see me at shows. That's typically uh, uh, my company there, so... Um, that's about it. Anybody else want to add anything else in? Pay dues to anybody? Um, we've already covered the uh, Reptile Owners of Canada with uh, Kat and her group out there. Uh, Roaming Reptiles, we covered them. Uh, would like to say thank you to Becky for all her design work with uh, Herb House Mag. And putting up with John and I <laughs> all this time. The, yeah, countless hours on, the countless hours on the phone to make this all happen. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Thanks, Becky. If you're, <laughs> thanks, if you're there and you can hear me, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's an incredible woman there to put up with uh, myself uh, for the hours on end. That uh, I'm surprised she still has any hair on her head left. I think I'm going more bald. <laughs> Uh, thanks to Chad, again, for being the executive producer and handling all the back-end uh, comments and tracking and all that good stuff. But I think that's about it from my side. All righty, guys. Well, we're going to end this show a little early. It was just uh, a little get-together with Brandon. We wanted to make sure all the technology worked. We appreciate everybody that watched. Be sure to tune in. You can catch us on uh, Reptile Living Room on YouTube channel. Um, we're also on Google+. Plus. So you can catch us there, the Reptile Living Room there. And you can also catch us on Facebook, the Reptile Living Room. And then your four spot, reptilelivingroom.com. You can view us there. Um, the only way we can grab comments right now, if you want to be interactive with us, make sure you view us on YouTube or Google+. 
I'll figure out all the other technology to get the comments from every place else. But right now, if you want to be interactive, Google Plus or YouTube, and we'll be able to interact with you. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you.